on today's podcast from the North Wahala Church of God, the third part in the series, No Man Ever Spoke Like This Man. Today's message is from Sunday morning, March 25th, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. So good to see you. If you have your Bibles, let's go back to the book of John, chapter 12. We're in the middle of a series entitled, No Man Has Ever Spoke Like This Man. Today is Palm Sunday, and I'm going to highlight the traditional text, but I want to bring a new twist to it, to what I feel what Palm Sunday really is. Not to belittle any other preacher or pastor, but just what I feel and what I think it really means. You look good to our visitors. Welcome. If you're here for the first time, you're here by God's divine direction and by his providence. We ask you not to judge us. We are not a perfect church because we do not have a perfect pastor. But I'm not the only one that's not perfect in this house. Amen. Jose is now with me. So, Jose, you and I are not perfect. Amen. But what we want you to do is realize we love the Lord. We love people. and We try to minister to this community in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you want to be a part of that, when we preach truth in love, join us. Help us carry out the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I do want to brag just for a moment on our church. Today's last Sunday, which means tonight is Outreach Sunday. We'll meet at 5. There'll be a prayer meeting going on at 5 o'clock. And also, we'll be out visiting our shut-ins, those that are in need. Some had surgery this week. Lamar Addis, I was with him on Wednesday. I'll be visiting with him this afternoon. I want you to be a part of that. Also, yesterday, for the first time, we kind of did an outreach with Easter. We had many new people. Ashley has 60 young kids sign up for the first time who've not been on our campus. Amen? That's a success, church. When you get 60 children for the first time. Amen? We had hundreds here but we're after those who do not have a church, those who are hurting, those who are broken. Also yesterday, I want to give honor where honor is due, Elizabeth Gibson. Elizabeth, wave at us, Elizabeth. Doesn't she have a beautiful voice, amen? Amen, what a beautiful voice. <laughs> yesterday, she represented us at the high school, Wells. They were raising money to help this family. We donated the food yesterday. Elizabeth was there serving, representing our church. This is one of our close friends. Thank you for being part of our church family. Thank you for serving yesterday, representing us at North Wahala High School. North Wahala. At Wahala High School. Amen. Amen. Give her a hand. Amen. North Wahala High School. That might be prophetic. Amen. <laughs> John 12, verse 20, before I get in trouble this morning. Amen. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Notice in the middle this morning, notice where I picked up because you know the story of Jesus riding on the colt that has never been ridden before. But to me, that is only a brief part of John 20. And to preach that only without going deeper in the word, I believe that we cannot uh, execute the text in such a way or minister, I should say, that would be powerful and prophetic to this church. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, which is important of Galilee, because it speaks of his heritage, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Powerful. Philip came, told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. 
But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come. Powerful, why? Because the hour has come. He has always said up to this point, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. But now he says to us, my hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. No man has ever spoke like this man. He who and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. One more verse, please. If any man serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Can somebody say praise God? Amen. I want God to honor me. I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Today I want to preach. The fourth part of a series, no man has ever spoke like this man. We're his church services today. There will be stories preaching on Palm Sunday, palm branches being laid at the feet on the roadside where our Savior was riding a colt that has never been ridden before. But if we really look at John chapter 12 with the understanding of the series that I'm presenting to you, looking at the words of Christ that they have power in life all by themselves, using as the backdrop in the Gospel of John. When the uh, guards went out to arrest our Savior, but instead of arresting him, when he was set there, and it was an easy task for them, instead the words of our Savior arrested the hearts of these prison guards. They come back to the temple, I should say temple guards, and they come back. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders asked, why do you not have him? He was there for you to arrest. And they said, listen, I don't know why we dropped the ball, but I know this. This man spoke in a way, and no man has ever spoke like this man. Those words still ring true today. If I only had the words of Christ, if I did not have the Old Testament, the Pentateuch books, if I did not have the minor prophets and the major prophets, if I didn't have Acts or even the epistles, but if I only had the words of Jesus Christ, it would be enough for me today. The words that my master has spoken are life-changing words. They changed my life forever. They're not only powerful and prophetic, but they're chain-breaking as we just sung about. These words give life to us. But too many times in the church, we just kind of jump right over his words. We see even some stories as children's stories like Noah, Noah's fairy tale as they call it today. Even Palm Sunday, we look at it almost as just a time of worship or a children's sermon. Today, I want to dig a little deeper. If we look at John 12, we can break this up into two parts. Verses 12 and 9 through 19, verses 20 through 26. Here's a powerful point about this. In the first part of this story, in the first verses, Jesus is king of Israel. Here he comes now. This is a moment that was prophesied in Zechariah 9 and 9 and even Daniel 9. Here comes the Savior. This marks the beginning of the week. That's triumphant week, which will change by Friday. Here he comes now, sitting on the back 
of an animal that has never been ridden before. They're now there to worship. There's this rumor that has gone out through the crowd. Here is a man that not only does miracles, but this man called a man back that was dead. A man by the name of Lazarus. This is now a celebrity story. This is a story that's on CNN and Fox News. Everybody has heard about this. Now they want to see this man. Some who do not believe. They're believing in him now because he has resurrection power. They reveal him because he is a miracle worker. So now this Jesus has come to the city. They're laying palm branches. They're crying out, Hosanna, 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 which means God save us. It is a beautiful story. It is a story that is preached from pulpit after pulpit. Notice though that our king is not riding a war horse, but a coat that represents peace. See, he did not come as a king that they thought, but a king that was prophesied by Jehovah God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Verses 17 to 19. Let's dig a little deeper as I set this up. At this moment, though, something changes. The disciples are confused. The story of Lazarus now is echoing out through the crowd. He's here. The one who brings those back dead to life. It would be like me saying today, if you have cancer, I have a drink that you can drink and it will heal you. If you're 95 today and you want to live another 95 years, drink of this water and it will heal you. Everybody there, everybody can relate to this story. Everybody has had a loved one die and now they're in their midst is Jesus of Nazareth. This man from Galilee who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. He stands there, the crowd now comes but the problem is this, his own board doesn't understand what's going on. The disciples are confused. They're asking him, why? I don't understand the change in the atmosphere. Up to this moment, the disciples have always heard him say these words, my hour has not yet come. My time is not now. John 6, when Jesus there at Cana of Galilee, John 3 as well, when he's there telling the story to his mother, he let her know, woman, my hour has not yet come. Yes, he does a miracle, but his hour to be glorified was not there in reality. But at this moment, everything changes. The whole world has gone mad, it seems. The Bible even says the whole world has gone after him. The Pharisees are upset. Stay with me. The Pharisees are mad. The palm branches have been laid. They already laid wait to kill him, but they do not kill him. They are afraid of the Jewish festival of the Passover that if they take his life, that it's going to cause an uproar because of what he did with Lazarus, and they make a mistake. They didn't kill him. They should have tried to kill him right then. Now at this moment, there's a change in the atmosphere. As he rides on that animal, he is the king of Israel. He is the one that was prophesied. He was the one that was foretold. But until this moment, outside of highlighting a few miracles, there has not been this open door that we see of the foretelling of the New Testament church. We have those who are in God's family, and then we have those who are outcasts. But something happens, Brother Joy, right here in this text. Here comes a group of people. The Greeks are now coming. Here comes the Greeks, and they're not just coming, but they're bringing a mass of people. Not only are they not just bringing a mass of people, now they're inquiring to the hierarchy of the church. They're meeting with his disciples, and they're saying these words. We have heard about this Jesus. Somebody take us to Jesus. Somebody 
tell us about Jesus. This is not the religious world. This is the outside world. This is Gentile world. This is the Gentile court of the Old Testament tabernacle. But something is at this very moment there's a change in the gospels he's not just the God of Israel anymore he's the God of the whole world to those that will call upon the name of the Lord he's letting him know my hour has now come I got good news for somebody you may not have a lot of money you may not have fame or fortune you may not have anything or you may be filthy rich you may come from a bad family a family with a bad name you may have been in prison or done some wicked things but I got good news for somebody today he's not just king of the righteous he's king of all those that will bow at his feet and call the name of the Lord At this moment, I meant to say John 2 earlier when he calls his mother, my hour has not yet come. Now his hour has come. This is the change. This is what we have waited on. He has now come to the moment that he now can be offered up. Hosanna, Hosanna, God save us. Yes, he has come to save. Today, born in the city of David is a savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Savior has now come. But here's the problem in the church. This is where I want to preach. The problem in the church is we cry out Hosanna and we want him to stay on that quote. But the problem of redemption is redemption is not pretty. Redemption is ugly. See, we want pretty church. We want church out by 12. We want to pray the devil out, but we don't want it to make us uncomfortable. We want our kids off drugs, but we don't want them to mess up their makeup. I feel you in this house. We want church pretty. We want to, listen, I want it pretty. I want the stage. I like what we're doing. We're not finished yet. I want to present the gospel with excellence in, in a new age way for our technology, not so we can be glorified, but that the word might go out further. But you hear me, the gospel and redemption is not pretty. It involves a cross, nails. It involves blood. It involves a tomb. It involves people coming to bow. But in today's modern church culture, we have made salvation almost pretty. We make it so easy in the sense that you don't have to do anything but come to church and write your name on a church roll. But I come to let somebody know today when God saved me it was not pretty. It took a lot of crying. Now the work was done already but in my life I was bound by certain sins. I was full of pride and iniquity. I was full of rage and hate and I was selling things that should have sent me to prison. But alone came on my path. Sitting on a well side was a man by the name of Jesus Christ and I came to that well side broken and lost but when I left that well side I met a man that could tell me all things I come to preach to a church that's not afraid to say Hosanna but after we have cried Hosanna we gotta march up to the cross and lay our life there and say in Christ I live I die and I have my being this is where it changes it's not just Hosanna. It's not just laying palm branches and talking about worship. Yes, that is biblical. But that's not the end of Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday then walks a little further. And he now sells the Greeks. And I love what they do. 
They find two disciples that have their background connected to a region where there are Greek-speaking people or Gentile people. Powerful there. They recognize there might be somebody, oh, that's good, there might be somebody in the inner circle of the church. See, somebody don't like that about me. Hey, that's okay. I, I, I don't bother me any, to be honest with you, because I don't know where all the sacred cows are, and I'm not here to prop them up. Don't you hear me? Because when somebody's on their way to hell, it is my duty as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they're red, yellow, black, white, it does not matter to me. My, God, my job as a minister of the gospel that has been imputed into me is to share it with anybody, whoever that comes along the way. And what the devil doesn't want, he wants us all to look alike so that our church is limited in its outreach. But if we could get one person that was selling drugs saved, that's going to open up a community of people that has been closed off to us. If we could just get Joe Singleton to get saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, then we can have what we had last Sunday when somebody shows up at our church and I look at them and I say, who invited you to church? Do you know Joe Singleton? Oh yeah, everybody in Oconee County knows Joe Singleton. Why? Because if we can pull one out of the fire, then they can turn back and look at all those and say, if God can do it for me, then God can do it for you. If I can get one Hispanic man full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, I'm a present. If I can get one Hispanic man that's not afraid and not, and not back down from the gospel who will do what the church of God has always done, we were always a mission-minded church who spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I can get one African-American man full of the Holy Ghost who will stand in Oconee and say this, I have a church that back of Jesus Christ and empowers me to let other people know if God can save me, if I can get one single mom or one single dad or somebody that's not afraid to say these words, if God can save me, then God can save you. We'll turn this church upside down. The gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, truly, I say to you, when you see these words, it means pay attention. When he says anything three times, or truly, truly, I say to you, he wants the church to understand. He says this. Now, this is my illustration this morning. This is 50 cents, okay? This is what I eat all day long when my son's playing baseball. And when you're out there and it's 100 degrees and they're playing baseball and you're fat like I am, this is, this is heaven, okay? This is what he says. He takes these things and he says this. You want Palm Sunday? He says this. Unless a grain, a wheat falls into the earth, it dies and it remains alone. Jesus, we want you to be Hosanna to us. And we want to put you in our little religious bag. And we want you to sing my style of music. I want my preacher to play golf with me. I want Jesus, you to do everything. So I need you to stay in this bag because you make me feel special, Jesus. I, you make me feel religious. Jesus, I need you to stay here. And he says, Palm Sunday, if I stay in this bag, I can do absolutely nothing. Listen, and let me press a little bit more. Not only is it nothing, 
Now, I want to be clear. You say, but preacher, for three years, he did great miracles. Yes, he did, because he's the son of God. But he did not come just to do miracles. Miracle is a byproduct of his deity that everything in the universe must bow to him because he has power and dominion over everything. Listen, answer, fall. Sickness falls. But the reason he came was not just to have three years of success. Three years of success does nothing for you. And if he stays in a bag, he does nothing. He says, but if it falls, if it falls, he said, if it falls, he said, it's going to take root. And if it takes root, it's going to germinate. If it's watered right, if it's done right, it's going to take root and then it's going to sprout forth. And if it sprouts forth, it's going to then bud. And if it buds, it's going to also give not only fruit, but it will give more fruit, John 15, and then much fruit. And next thing you know, he said, shall remain. You want Palm Sunday? It's not about life. It's about death. You want to follow him, Greeks? You want to follow him, Oconee County? Come on. You want to cry Hosanna? Listen to me. That's why, and you older people, I want you to get on board with me. That's why the younger generation, there's something I love about them. They will worship like never before, and I love that. Lord, these young people, you were there last two nights with Jessica. These young people will worship, and that's good, Charles. I want them to worship, but I also want them to die. Because we are preaching a gospel that says you can worship and let it stay in the bag. And Jesus says, cry Hosanna. Call me king. Follow me. Come with me. Come with me, not the church. Come on. He who guards his life is going to keep it. But he who lays down his life shall find it. It's not about living, it's about dying. Such a tiny seed, and I got seeds all over me up here. Dino's gonna be mad with me after church. <laughs> the possibility is this. The world cannot see the full outcome of the work of our Lord until he dies. If he does not die, he is just a teacher. The great paradox of Christianity is that the unmistakable mark of authentic gospel, it begins with dying at the cross of Calvary. Palm Sunday is not just Hosanna. Palm Sunday is death. And he says two things. He says in verse 25, Joy, he says to them, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will also glorify. Two things. Do, to do this is where the American church has got to take the next step. We can no longer just praise him if we're not willing to die with him. The hardest thing I do is crucify this flesh man. Are you listening? The hardest thing you're ever gonna do is die with Christ. We want an easy gospel that allows us to live in our sin. And today we are asking silly questions at the most pivotal 
time of humanity. We're not asking about souls being delivered. We're trying to find out how much sin we can keep and still go to heaven. I am preaching a dying today. I want you to die with Jesus Christ. I want you to lay your life down. I don't want you to hide things from him. You are not aching of the Old Testament. I want you to come clean. I want you to confess your sins. Where's that at today? Where we confess our sins and understand he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I know there are churches throughout America that you can serve God and also the world. I'm telling you that that is a lie. In the tabernacle, the further you go towards the presence of the Lord, the doors get smaller. Jesus said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Today, we gotta make two things. We gotta make a decision once and for all, and then we've gotta take the next steps to make decisions and stand for the cross. Today, I'm asking you to follow him. I really don't care if you wave palm branches. I've seen a lot of people wave palm branches and still be full of the devil. Hello? Sometimes some of the people that worship the loudest, I've seen live the foulest. Come on, somebody. It's the truth. It's not how loud you worship. Anybody can fake it in the sanctuary, but are you willing to die? Your ideals, your ideologies, what you have been taught that does not match the gospel. Well, Brother Nolan, I'm church of God and we believe, does it match? Brother Nolan, I'm assemblies, I'm Baptist, I'm Presbyterian. Does it match the word? I had some things taught to me at church as a child that's not even in scripture and was quoted and we shout over it. It's not even in scripture and if it is, it's been twisted to make somebody feel fat in the church or to keep something. It's amazing, in the Civil War, they preached from the same Bible, the same doctrine and they used it to keep the same ideologies that they always had instead of bowing to the cross of Calvary. Marriages die when the word is used to cut and not used in the hands of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to somebody. You've got to make a step. And when you make that step, you continue to make decisions after that to die every day. I die when I want to get mad and fight with my spouse. I die when I want to tell somebody off on the road. I die when I want to touch that spouse that's not mine and she belongs to somebody else. I have to go back to the cross when pornography is presented so beautiful at the time. I have to make a choice to die, to die, to die. A brother Nolan, his grace is sufficient. Yes, it is. But his grace is not meant for you to abuse the cross of Calvary. His grace is meant for you to be a teacher, to teach you what to do and how to live a godly life. Listen. If this grain of wheat, if it falls into the ground, this is hard. This is hard because we want to keep it just like it is. The Bible then said in verse 25, he who loves his life loses it and hates his life in the world. That's hard. For young people, that's tough. 
Because I'm not telling you it's okay for you to go out and party on the weekends. I'm telling you to lay down your life. Now listen, it'd be much easier to grow a youth group faster if we tell them it's okay at 18 for them to get drunk as long as it's in the confines of their parents' house. I can see Bob Nolan asking him, Daddy, I want to get drunk, but I want to be up under your protection because I think that's wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Brother Nolan, that's the way I choose to raise my house. So be it. I have no, that's you. But I'm going to tell you, mm, that's you. But the word says, for me to be a good steward and to execute this work properly, my Bible tells me that I've got to ask your little Susie to lay down her life. But Brother Nola, I want her to feel like she's going to heaven. I want her to know that she's going to heaven. Yes. Well, Brother Nola, you're, you're preaching a hard gospel now. Yes, I am. I'm sorry, but yes, I am. I know you thought it was just about palm branches now, but it's about dying. It's about you laying your life and getting up the next day and saying, you know what? I did have racism in my heart. It's about you getting up and saying, you know what? I did do what they said, and I'm gonna go back and seek restitution. I'm gonna pay the things that I owe that person because I did them wrong. Or Brother Nolan, I can find a church that won't preach like this. Yes, you can. They're all over Oconee County in America. It doesn't mean we're the only church, but I promise you this, if they stand in this pulpit, they're gonna preach the word or they won't come back and preach. I want you to lay down your life. And if you do, he says this in verse 26, he says in 25 and 26, if you do, you're gonna find it. When I lay down my life, listen now, guess what? I have abundant life. Oh, I, it's good. Brother Nolan, I'm going to miss the parties. Who told you that? The best parties that you can go to are church parties. We have a blast. We can go cook barbecue and have a blast. Brother Nolan, I haven't been invited. You're invited to everything. Outside of maybe deacons meeting that has to be confidential, but you've got to want to come. Hello? The other morning at five, six in the morning, we're cooking barbecue. We're having a blast there. Everywhere we go, gospel singings, church revivals, camp meeting, youth camps. All our kids go to youth camp, they have a blast. Why? Because whoever told you that living for Christ is not fun, they lied to you. I've got an abundant life. I know where my money's at. You know what, when I was lost, I'd make good money for my father. But come Monday morning, I couldn't find a dollar. You said, Brother Noah, is that important to you? When you have two children, it's very important. Are you listening? I believe in being a good steward. I'm planning for the next generation, not just this generation. I want to plan for my children's children. Amen. Brother Noah, is that wise? That's what the Bible says. But when I was living in sin, I didn't know what because my life did not belong to the King of Kings. But now that he governs my life, he teaches me about tithing and stewardship and blessings and seeking to give. I don't have to hide money from my wife. I go to her like I did this morning and say, you know what, we need to bless such and such because they're doing a good job in the church and we pray about it and we agree and somehow God takes that little bit and multiplies it. It's a great life. He says, anyone serves me, let him follow me. And if he follows me, if we serve him as a waiter on the table, if we would just do that, then we will understand that in the end, he would glorify us in heaven. These are four hard things, but every one of them is worth it. If you lay down your life and follow him, 
Paul would say, Galatians, I am crucified with him. Then you get to be servants with God. Then you get to go to heaven. And then you get to stand and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. These are glorious things. Why? Because when the seeds fall in the ground, they begin to bear much fruit. As the pianist is coming this morning, verse 24 said, if it dies, it bears much fruit. What I'm asking you to do today is very hard. I'm asking you to do what the Greeks did when they came. I want you to lay down your life. Brother Nolan, I'll give you my life, but I'm not going to give you my pocketbook. I don't want your pocketbook. Church made it before you, make it after you. You could be a blessing. I want your heart. Because if God gets your heart, he'll get everything. I'll never forget when the town drunk gambler in Camden, his name was Skee-Ball Williams. I'll never forget when I showed up because his son came to church and got saved. I walked in his place of business. He had a gambling hall and some other establishments. And he cussed at me when I walked in. He said, you're just like all those other preachers that come by here. Never shared nothing about Jesus. They just asked me for money. And I told him, I don't want your money. And he said, you're a liar or you're not a preacher? So I don't want your money. I said, your son gave his heart to the Lord and I'm here to tell you about Jesus. Before it's over, that man came to church. It's not about us manipulating circumstances to make this church look good. It's about telling somebody you've got to die. But if you do this, then you're going to live a glorious life. It's not just about palm branches, church. It's about laying it all down for the glory of Almighty God. And if you do, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to have eternal life. You're going with God in glory and you're going to be honored by the Father. Listen to me as I close. I believe we will see more of our sons and daughters saved if you and I would die to Christ daily. Are you listening? Let me say this as I close. We've had too many up and down Christians instead of taking up the cross daily and making our way to him. No man has ever spoke like this man. You want to live? Then you got to die. Sir, you're tired of living that lifestyle? Then you got to die. You can't stay in it and have all of Christ. But Brother Nolan, this is my lover. This is what I feel is right. God told me. No, he didn't. If it does not equal scripture, God did not tell you that. You've got to die. But if you will die with me, as I died, then you will live. Brother, no, that's hard. You better believe it, but it's glorious. My children, my children are going to heaven with me. I believe it. Why? Because I died and I live it before them. My grandchildren, one day, Brother Russell, my, I know it's hard to believe as young as I am, as good as I look, that I'm gonna have grandchildren, but one day my grandchildren will go with me. Why? Because I died. I believe that. I don't preach it, I believe it. Because when I died, I begin to live for the first time. He is a good God. 
His mercy is new every morning and it endures for eternity. Would you stand with me please all over the house? Amen. Hosanna. Come on. Come on, just don't stop at Hosanna. Come with him. Don't just stop there, church. I love Hosanna. We sung it. I've listened to that song all week. It's one of my favorites. But we can't stop there. He says, now the time has come. Come on, let's go. Up to this point, not yet. Now the time. Why? He's not just king of a few people. He wants to be king of all. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Father. I'll be honest, I have warred this morning. Just a little bit where I felt, God, you're dealing with individuals, God, who need you. And for whatever reason, God, there's a battle over that soul. I truly believe it. And I felt that spiritual warfare, and that is fine. That lets me know that there are lost people in this house that need to die and begin to live. Who need to lay down their life and do what I did and many others in this house and have that abundant life. At this moment, I want you to come. If you don't know him as your savior, if you've turned your back and picked up the weak things of this world, would you step out by faith right now? Would you step out? Every saint praying, every saint praying, I want you to live like never before. The full gospel, the full pardon of sin. Would you step out by faith? Two minutes. Two minutes to eternity. No, I, I heard you weren't, but I'm afraid. Can you stand right there at your pew and pray then? Can you have a prayer right there where you ask God, God, I want to die so that I can live. Oh, not that physical death. He died that death. You've got to die inside where you renounce the things of this world and you say, now I accept you as my Savior and I want to live like never before. He's a good God. He loves you this morning. One minute till we close. Will there be one say, Pastor, Brother Nona, you spoke to me. I, I was the one that the warfare was about this morning. Would you step out by faith? Come on, son, that's all right. That's all right. God's a good God. Can I have some people help me, please? Can I have some help me, please? Are there others that would say you spoke to me, Pastor? No man has ever spoke like this man. Joy, if it had been me, we probably would have stopped with the praises. Feels good to be praised. I like to be praised. I love when my wife praises me or, or on me. This was not about praise for him. It was about dying. Anyone else? He's already made the way. He's already made the provision. Anyone else that would come? All right, as I begin to sing, stretch your hand this way. Let's believe by faith. It's a daily, daily death, son.